Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The first half of the NBA season is in the books. Welcome in to the Windy City Podcast. Congratulations to the Chicago Bulls, 16 and 18. Yes, you don't get to have a championship celebration for that. But the Bulls, even though they're sitting right now in the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference, along with Indiana, both at 16 and 18, a half game back of Miami and Toronto and Charlotte, 6, 7, and 8 at 17 and 18. Bulls are in the playoff conversation, which is a step forward. Zach Levine being on the all-star team, that is a step forward. Thaddeus Young being an integral part of the Bulls team on both sides of the court coming off the bench, that is a step forward. Patrick Williams being a very solid first-round draft pick, number four overall. Congratulations to Mark Eversley, Arturis Karnishovas. Good job on your first pick. A lot of wins for the Bulls this offseason coming in and you know just getting back on the court after the pandemic and not getting to go to the bubble. It's been a long time coming, and the Bulls have played respectable basketball. So coming up on the podcast today, the coach, David Edelman, and the broadcaster, Brian Beto, and yours truly will break down the first half of the season. We've got our first half grades, and we've got the questions on the table. Like Big one here, what to do with Thaddeus Young as we get closer to the NBA trade deadline. We uh, look at the pluses and the minuses of either A, moving Thaddeus, or B, keeping him around. I think you'll really enjoy our grade segment coming on up as well. But uh, first, the Windy City podcast windy city chicago bulls podcast today is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offering precision engineer tools for your family jewels manscaped has hooked me up with the perfect package 3.0 kit i highly highly recommend it it's the best ball hair trimmer ever the lawnmower 3.0 that's right you really take care of yourself or they got the advanced skin safe technology. I feel confident when I am taking care of the lower levels here. It is a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, you don't, by the way, get the same trimmer you use on your face as you use on uh, the jewels down there. That is just nasty. This is the special stuff uh, because, you know, we got to take care of, of down low. You get 20% off. And free shipping when you put in the code FANSIDED20, FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. At manscaped 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com. And don't forget that promo code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for this job with Manscaped. All right, let's go. Here comes the Windy City Bulls podcast. The All-Star break is here. Showtime. Michael? It was great. I think it started off well. I'd like to thank the NBA for bringing the All-Star game to the city of Chicago. I think the fans are great, and I think everybody in the NBA and fans from all over the United States can see how much I love to play in Chicago. 
First half of your COVID basketball season comes to an end. The Bulls beating the New Orleans Pelicans 128-124. Welcome into the Windy City Bulls podcast. The coach, David Edelman, the broadcaster, Brian Beto, Bulls fans all around. Gentlemen, before we get to the Bulls, I thought that Stacey King had a great call on Zion Williamson tonight calling him Barkley 2.0. And I've been trying to figure out who exactly Zion is. Like, he's a little bit of Dominique Wilkins. He's a little bit of Sean Kemp. Like, you could, he combines into so many different players. But Barkley 2.0 actually feels, like, spot on. Do you agree with what that uh, assessment by Sky King? I mean, I, um, I'd heard that before. It makes a lot of sense, right? Obviously, he's more athletic. But just his ability to just steamroll you and get the ball at the top of the circle and get down to the cup with ease. I actually, I tweeted, made a, uh, what I thought was a funny tweet, didn't get much engagement on it. I actually used the gif of bald bull from the original Mike Tyson's punch out. Is it, that's what like the bald bull rush. That's what it reminds me when Zion gets the ball at the top of the circle, he just gets, he just charges his way down and nobody could stop him. And, you certainly see a little bit of uh, Sir Charles from that. So I think it's gotten to the point with Zion where he was so hyped, and rightfully so. He was so good last year that I feel like almost this year he's almost been undervalued because people are just taking him for granted, and he's still shooting over 60% from the field. He's putting up ridiculous numbers. Um, I, I, and, you know, you look at what Charles did early on in his career in Philly, and it's, it's not far off. Coach, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, obviously, I think the um, coming from the top of the key, as Brian talked about, I think that's where Stacey King saw Charles Barkley almost as a lead guard coming downhill at you, but also can get rebounds and is so physical. So he's a dynamic player in so many different areas of the game. I think where he's undervalued right now is their team has been a bit of a disappointment. So I think that has affected Zion, you know, similar to how Zach Levine has been considered a losing player for years. Uh, I think Zion's probably going to go through a little bit of that this year if that team continues to be a bit disappointing. It is interesting, too, if you think about the Bulls' plight as they've tried to lose and get, you know, high draft picks and have ended up with seven after seven after seven and your Laurie Markkinen's and your Kobe White's. Like, if they had ended up with Zion – and you put them around this roster, how many more wins do they have? How much better is the Bulls roster than the Pelicans roster? I mean, outside of anything else, they'd be incredibly more entertaining to watch, but uh, they just didn't get lucky. I mean, I know that luck's not a plan, but, like, that guy could easily be playing at the United Center and not in New Orleans, and the league, by the way, would be better for it. Absolutely. We cashed in all of our luck chips in 08 with the (laughs) 1.9% chance or whatever it was. We so did. (laughs) By the way, he's playing great great ball for the Knicks, even though he's he's in the COVID right now. Derrick Rose. My my favorite Stacey King line tonight was when he called the Incredible Hulk in the fourth quarter. I thought uh, he's Barkley 2.0, but when you look at his his body and his head on that body, I was like, well, he does look like the Incredible Hulk. He, uh, yes, I think he needs to smile more. Like, are you having fun playing, Zion, or is it just all your body's in pain and the team's not that great or you just have really high expectations for yourself and henceforth you just never look like you're having fun out there? Andy, by the way, he's got He plays like 150 miles an hour. Of course he's having fun. He plays like as hard as like – he's like a – like a G, he's like me back in like sophomore B games in high school, like playing like balls to the wall. I feel like that exudes his excitement for playing the game. I don't know if he needs to like turn his frown upside down per se. Coach Beto just compared himself to Zion Williamson. Did you hear that? Sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> I said with he's like a sophomore B player like myself, like with his energy. You yeah. know, he doesn't take nights off. You, I can so replay I, the tape. Actually, you flat I, out... I'm not like Zion. I have a much better jumper than Zion. Oh, much better. Is. There it is. <laughs> 
Um, I, guess, I guess I should start talking about how I would just take Zion Williamson outside and drill threes on him all day, right? Is that what I should be talking about? I agree. Yeah. Might as well. Might as well. <laughs> hey, uh, as we're, we're going to start uh, getting into our Bulls portion of the pod here in one split second, but we just want to thank our, our listeners to our, our first Bulls pod. Most of you are coming from the United States of America, which is uh, wonderful, and we appreciate that. But we, we appreciate our overseas listeners more. India, the Philippines, Australia, Canada, Bangladesh, Brazil, multiple listeners in every single one of those countries. And we've got single listeners, one person from Cuba, I think it's Malawi, Mongolia, Poland, Sweden, and the Bahamas. So we love you all. Just thank you so much. Uh, and I don't know if you accidentally clicked on the pod or if you're just diehard Bulls fans all around the world. But th- but that's like I, I'm. This is this is exciting, team. We're we're getting we're we're worldwide. You know, this is not just hey, U.S. Michael here. Michael got us international Bulls super popular. David Stearns, you know, the late David Stearns parting gift, making the NBA a global game, and it has matriculated down to our podcast number, so it's appreciated. David, any thoughts to our uh, one Bulls fan in Poland? <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm, a vaca- I'm a vacation I'm a vacation guy, so you know, all these people that are listening, if, if they um, want good Bulls talk, I'm always up for a vacation overseas. I, 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 <laughs> I've been putting in my Google Flights, which is a thing. You know, you can put you go to Google Flights, you put in Chicago, that's where we're coming out of, and you don't put in a destination, and it shows you the cheapest flights worldwide. You can just pick the dates or even go flexible dates, but say you pick up, like, I can be, I can be on vacation this week. And then you can see, like, maybe in between Poland, Sweden, the Bahamas, Bangladesh, Brazil, Cuba, Malawi. I think Malawi, I think Malawi sounded like a, a place I want to go. I'm all in. I'm yeah. all in. Uh, hey, and by the way, you can hit us up on Twitter, at the Carm, at Bibito, uh, at what do you play hard at play hard hoops, David? So. And yep. and we'll we will correspond with you wherever you're coming from. Let's talk Bulls basketball on Twitter to uh, extend the podcast out. But all right, first half is done. The trade deadline's going to be here before you know it. The Bulls, of course, are in the playoff mix in the Eastern Conference as are uh, six teams for four spots. And you could even end up having home court advantage. Of course, the schedule gets a whole lot tougher. We started talking about that last week, but. What do you do with Thaddeus Young, who's getting a lot of attention? And I don't think any of us are thinking the Bulls are going to make a deep playoff run. But the argument, at least in my mind, to keep Thaddeus is that he is helping the players on the team right now accelerate their growth. So not only does it help if you do make the playoffs and get that experience, but even before that, even if you don't, even if they end up as the 9 or 10, He's letting guys develop at a faster rate than they would have had he not been here. So do you clip that and get what you can for him, which probably makes the most long-term sense, certainly talent-wise on the roster, or do you continue to keep Thaddeus around? Coach, why don't you go first on this one? I think it gives the Bulls a lot of leverage because they don't have to trade him. Certainly, he is a good enough player and how what you talked about, how he's helping the team right now, that you're not just going to give him up for a second-round pick or say, okay, this guy's offered us a second-round pick in 2022 and 2023, and we're going to unload him. So I don't think the Bulls are going to do that. But right now, if you're a contending team, I don't know how you don't see Thaddeus Young making a monster impact for your playoff run if you're a true contender. And uh, I think the Bulls have a lot of leverage here with the hopes that they can get a true asset, whether it's a first-round pick, a first and a second-round pick, um, maybe a young player in a a first-round pick, that they can be patient and wait to see what kind of deal matriculates. But for sure, if the Bulls get the right deal, you have to make the trade because Certainly, I don't see the Bulls winning the NBA championship this year or next year, and then Thaddeus Young is a free agent. So if the opportunity presents itself to get an asset for the future when the Bulls hopefully do have a chance to be a championship contender, you got to take it now. 32 years old, just to reset it here, and he signed a three-year, $43 million plus deal back in 2019. Next year is... 
is a partial guarantee of $6 million, and it'll pay him if the Bulls keep him around next year just a little bit over $14 million. So you do have him for next season, and it'll be 33. So he's not, you know, if you didn't figure out, you know, if you didn't know his age and you're thinking this, this guy's 36, 37, he's still, you know, early 30s. So there's probably enough mileage left in those legs. Beto, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, that's super intriguing. Uh, going into the year out of just, automatically assumed like that just makes sense to trade him at some point and there's arguments to be made on both sides I think David is right on when he says the Bulls actually believe it or not for once have the leverage here uh you look at other potential that deadline acquisitions around the league and there might not be a ton with major impact at least none that I'm thinking of I know like Bradley Beal's being thrown out for example but outside of him like when you're looking at contenders looking to add a piece Something like Thad Young could make a lot of sense coming off the bench and being either a facilitator, a guy that can score, veteran presence. I think of like the Clippers, for example, stand out to me because they don't always have a natural facilitator or point guard. Not that he's a point guard, but a guy that certainly has the ability to, to run an offense through him or a second unit through him. So, But then if, then if that's the case, if it's one of those types of contenders, is you know the 27th pick in the draft worth it? So, um, I mean, yes, maybe. I'm not saying it's not. I think that's just something that they have to weigh. Can they get something better for that? And, you know, even though they're not going to win the title this year or next year, having him at $13 million if he plays the way he's playing is pretty affordable. I know they made those partially guaranteed contracts a couple of years ago with him and Sadoransky mostly because they were trying to save a bunch of cap room for this off season, but there were so many extensions. There's not as many big players out there for them to go get. So there's a lot of variables. Like, is it the worst thing to have him on the books next year? Again, something that they'll have to evaluate because he clearly is a good influence on all these young players. He's made guys like Levine better and more efficient than some of the other guys out there. So I think it's clearly the most intriguing short-term situation they have. Well, on Sadoransky, He's got the same situation where his he's partially guaranteed for five million next year, uh, and that's half of his ten million salary. That's another guy who, as of late, has really been playing good basketball. Good. It's, it's, so, uh, you know, I'm I'm not. He does nothing for me. I hate to say that uh, because I know, Coach, you probably appreciate what he brings to the table. But he he has been a stabilizing factor. I, I wouldn't. I I you know losing Thaddeus Young. I'd be like, oh man, that sucks. Losing Sederance, be like, eh, don't care. Yeah. But he has helped him. So it's a, and and maybe he's, there's somebody out there that thinks he could be a, you know a piece for you know a veteran guy off the bench who could help facilitate an offense. You know, unless the Bulls feel like this off season they can poach a Chris Paul type of situation, then you're trade. You know, you want to trade Daddy's Young if you know that that's not going to be in the cards this off season, then Thaddeus Young, if the right deal comes, you want to unload it. And you want to unload is if you're not going to be a player for one of those types of guys in the off season, if you don't have a plan for a player like that in the off season, the goal is to get as many assets and picks that you might hit big. Remember Nikola Jokic was a second round pick. And, you know, we talked last week about are the Bulls a good team? And they play the Phoenix Suns, and they play um, – who's who did they play? Who's the second game they just lost to? Uh, they Nuggets, lost the right? But, yeah. And they lost to the Nuggets, right. They lost to Phoenix, yeah. and they lose to the Nuggets. And you look at those two teams, if Nikola Jokic was traded for any player on the Bulls but Zach Levine, the Bulls win that game pretty easily. If Chris Paul – was traded for any player on the Chicago Bulls, the Bulls win that game against Phoenix. So people who are wondering about you keep Zach Levine, yeah, you keep Zach Levine because if you can just add one of those types of players, mm -hmm. I'm not saying you're winning the NBA championship, but you certainly become a legit contender. Um, Zach Levine is in the same category as Jamal Murray and Devin Booker. Which one is the better player of the three? You know, on any given night, it could be it, that could change. But the difference between those two teams is they have another star-level player, and that's ultimately what the Bulls have to be planning for in the future. Mm -hmm. I look at – I agree more. Yeah, yeah. I'd be a, let, let's uh, 
since we're all in agreement there, let's let's move to the elephant in the room that we haven't touched right now, and we haven't seen him, so people are kind of forgetting about him, at least a little bit. Uh, but Larry Markkinen is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And I don't know, out of sight, out of mind, he feels like he's not in the in the picture at all. I mean, do you anticipate they'll just take whatever they can get for Markin at the deadline, or do they play it out? Like, what, what What's the best guess here? Beto, why don't you take this one to start? Gosh, I, I mean, I said just a minute ago, that is the most, you know, interesting short-term situation I have to figure out. But, I mean, Markin's right there, too, right? So, I mean, I said last week in the pod, I, I felt like Patrick Williams, he's going to continue to get better and, uh, you know, play well wherever he is, but I think he's really excelled in kind of the, the modern four uh, spot for for what probably traditionally would have been more of a three. So I think he's played well there, especially defensively. I, I, I like Markkinen. I like his game. I'm just curious how it fits with the, the rest of this group, knowing that someone like Levine is, in my opinion, clearly a cornerstone. He's incredibly offensive-minded. He's shown some improvements defensively. They, they, they really struggle. They've gotten better, but they struggle to get stops. And I, I, I just, I don't know. Markkinen's been, been hurt. Um, I look at someone like Bertans on Washington, who I know I feel almost as like as a poor man's Markkinen, and the money that he got in the open market last year, even, you know, with the extension, it just makes me wonder, like, how much is marketing going to command and how many teams could overpay so the Bulls don't match? So to your to your point, Mark, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, do they just try to, you know, do some sort of swap? Like we talked about with Lonzo, I'm not sure how much makes sense he makes in the Pelicans with that crowded front court. But um, I don't know. I think that's something they'll certainly entertain if you can get back on the court and they could find a, a taker for him the rest of the, the next few months here. I mean, what happened to so, this guy, David, in your mind? Because, like, I, as a rookie, people were optimistic. He just had, he's gotten worse. So, so here's, here's my question for you. What do you like? Brian said he likes marketing game. What do you like about marketing game? Yeah, what do you like about marketing game? In the, in, in, in the long run, what do you like about him? I, I think, even though at times he's been inconsistent, I think you'll see more consistency with him him shooting. And I think he's a little bit more athletic than we coming into the league than we first maybe thought. But that's that. To be honest, that's probably it. So um, there's the shooting, the um, and a little bit more athletic than I probably anticipated. Okay, so for me. I- I don't, I don't like Mark in his game right now. And Mark is right. He has not improved enough from a, a rookie year. I mean, there's always incremental improvement, but there's, there's no improvement in any facet of the game from when he was a rookie that you feel like, wow, he, he's totally different now than he was as a rookie at that. Right. And so How much is that boiling, though? Because we talked about that, too, right? Like, I mean, I know he's played a little bit with Donovan, but how much do you guys put into stock that, you know, we blamed last week like Thad was almost useless last year because he was used incorrectly. It, um, do we get any leeway there? It's a, I think that's a fair until, point. Go ahead, David. Until this season, yeah, I, I, I gave him that. I gave him that as well until I watched him this season. And so when you compare him to Thaddeus Young, if you had a general conversation with any just regular novice person who watches basketball but hasn't watched a ton of the Bulls but is a basketball fan, and you said Thaddeus Young is the Bulls' second best player, how many people would have, like, said, what? Me. Right? How many many people would have said that? (laughs) What? So January 5th, when I, like, tweeted out, Thaddeus Young is our second best player or whatever, he's the most important player on the team. And then I would have conversations with people, and I'd say, yeah, Thaddeus Young is easily their second best player. And people would be like, what? Like, no. Then who's their second best player? Markkinen. And I'd say, all right, let's go down and say, what does Markkinen do better than Thaddeus Young besides shoot? There's not one aspect of the game he does better than Thaddeus Young. So first you look at he's a seven-footer. He averages .4 blocks a game. That's crazy to average .4 blocks a game as a seven-footer. And he's in his fourth year. It's not his first year. This is an area he should have grown to become better. Offensive rebounding. Still a terrible offensive rebounder. Rarely gets any kind of tough offensive rebounds. Once in a while, he gets a tip back when all the defense goes to Zach. He'll get you a tip back once in a while. 
but rarely ever comes down with tough offensive rebounds, tip outs. When do you ever see Lori Marketing tipping a ball out to anybody? So those are two areas of the game. I don't know if Markin will ever really get better. So ultimately, here's the, the area for Markin if he's going to become a player. Will he eventually become, if I, was his, if I was a trainer, if I was his agent and I was a trainer, I would tell Lori, we have to make a decision to excel in one of these two areas. Either you have to be able, when we get a switch and you're on a smaller guy, you have to be able to kill that guy around the basket. Or if you're going to be guarded by bigger players, you've got to be able to beat that guy off the dribble and become a playmaking power forward, kind of like what we saw Zion Williamson do today. Not saying he's got to do it at the level of Zion, but he's got to do it at a high level. If he doesn't develop one of those two skills, he's Doug McDermott. I mean, I hate this. He's better than Doug because he's taller, you know, and he, and he can shoot. And so, he'll, he'll, you know, so he's a little better than Doug. But ultimately, he's a similar situation. Night that he gets open threes, he'll give you 17 points, 20 points sometimes. Nights he doesn't have open threes, he'll score 9 to 12 points. Just as long as we uh, have a, I agree. A, a fair amount of limit here on how many times we can say Doug McDermott on this podcast. I <laughs> freaking. That's, that's, that's Mark's Sorry. guy. <laughs> who, who who's still getting paid? Excuse Jalen Rose. I keep getting them checks. He's getting decent checks from the Pacers. I'll like, say that. Like, right, that's great. That's he, guy. He's, he's hung around. But I agree. I, I don't want to pay him twenty million dollars a year and eat up cap. That's what I was making with the Bertans description because that's why I feel like Bertans is getting paid for similar similar type things. And I'm not ready to. I, I'm good with Williams and um, I guess moving Mark and I just don't know how much you're going to get for him, if anything. But does that matter and, at this point? And I think to Beto, so. to your to your point, I think somebody will look at Larry Markin and then think they can unlock him. Like I, I think mm-hmm. someone's going to pay him. Maybe not twenty, but it, it, you're not going to get him on some, you know, three year, twenty one million dollar deal. Ain't going to happen, right? I mean, the, someone someone's giving yeah. him around fifteen a year. I would think, and maybe, and maybe Arturis. You know, I think that's where it is. Arturis has two decisions on this. One, what does Markin and his agent? He obviously has an idea what Markin and his agent believe he's worth on open. You know, believe he's going to be worth. So they're going to have an idea of what that's going to look like. One, and then the second part of it is, does Karnishevis believe over the course of the next two years, can Billy Donovan and their staff help him, like I talked about, in one of those two areas to be able to, to improve? Because that's the problem right now. You see if Thaddeus Young gets the ball against a smaller player, what does he do? He kills them. I mean, he just kills these smaller players whenever there's a switch. Can Laurie be that? If Laurie can't be that, can he be, you know, when Thaddeus Young was being, is being guarded by a bigger player, he tries to break him down to the basket a little bit. Can Laurie do that? If he can develop one of those two areas of the game – then he can be worth a $16 million offensive. He can be a $16 million offensive player that is a legitimate maybe third option on your team. Let's take a quick one-minute timeout, and when we come on back here, we're, go- we're giving out our grades, first-half grades for your Chicago Bulls. You're listening to the Windy City Podcast. All right, back at it here. Anybody have a problem with Zach Levine getting an A? Are we giving A's all around for Zach? Does anybody want to quibble with that? Is there an A minus in the crew? Luke Cornett, A plus. <laughs> as long as we could start with that. <laughs> so, is there any other so, A's on the roster? But go ahead, David. <laughs> I, I, I think that Zach Levine, from what everybody thought, probably is an A plus right now. Oh, wow, we're throwing in the plus. He might have to, might have to give him a plus. I can't give him a plus. Dude, dude, he doesn't. I'd almost give it an A minus because in the fourth quarter, when it's on the line, the guy does a lot of. He's not quite there yet. I, I was. I almost said he does a lot of stupid shit, and I felt bad about saying that, so I stopped myself. But he, there. But you just said it. Yeah, and I, I went back to it. I get it. I, I, I did it. I did it softly. But would you not agree? Like he doesn't quite have that aspect of the game down. Which, if you're gonna be primetime all-star guy you want him making. I don't know he's had some big fourth quarters he has I'm just saying there have been moments where he just he 
forces some really awkward shots. And agreed. And it's, Ben Gordon did too. And I know you're not going to say a bad thing about Ben I, Gordon. I so won't. God, take I, it back. God, I love Ben Gordon. Uh, are, are you grading? <laughs> are you grading simply on the overall? Because obviously, he's one of the twenty four best players right now. And if you want to quibble with that and say he's one of the 30 best players. So if you want to say that that's not only the top five to 10 are a pluses, that's fine. But I just said, if you throw in expectations from the beginning of the year, that's why I'm throwing the a plus. That's fair. It's fair. Vito, where are you at here? A plus a minus or a. I'll, I'll, I'll do the a, I mean, it's just a subjective thing. I'm like one of those like elite a plus thing, but expectations is a fair argument. I mean, the guy's just continuing to prove in every improve in every facet. Um, and I went from I've always liked Levine. I I've, I was never in these like trade Levine, and he he like making the lazy argument that he can't be a winning player. It's so lazy in my opinion. But I, I wasn't like fully sold as him being like a cornerstone type piece. And I think this year has really cemented that even further. So I'm at least an A for for Mr. Levine. Any other A's on the roster? Are we giving Thaddeus an A? Yeah. Thaddeus Young is an A, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Thaddeus, you get it, we, you get A's all around. I Listen. I, I'm throwing out, and you know my affinity. I'm biased, but I'm throwing out at least for consideration, honorable mention A. That's not a real thing. You can't get that in school. But I think Patrick Williams has exceeded expectations in a, in a lot of ways as well. And I know some of the stats haven't always been like, LaMelo style, even though they play different positions. They're not in your face, but I think he's been pretty darn good as well to at least be in that consideration. I agree with you. Patrick Williams very well could be an A. I have no problem giving him, you know, the guy, dude's averaging 10 a game. He's been an ideal teammate, plays hard every night, looks intimidating. Let's throw that in there. I love a good intimidating rookie bull. I, I got no problem giving him an A. David? B minus. <laughs> let's let's hear it. Break it down. He was. I. How do you get to B minus? Well, first off, he's the number four pick in the draft. So to act like expectations shouldn't be at, at least somewhat high. I, I understand he. I understand that he's exceeded expectations because he was a bench play, came off the bench last year. But the Bulls thought he was the fourth best player in the draft. My expectations are that he's a talented player, and I think that's what he's shown us that he's a talented player. He's I'm not giving him a C. If I gave him a C, I would say he's average. So I'm saying he's better than average. But at the end of the games, he does not impact enough uh, for the Bulls to win at the end of the games to, I think, give him a B. I mean, he didn't make the rising stars roster because they're not having the rookie sophomore game. But on that team is LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, DeAndre Hunter, Keldon Johnson, John Morant, Michael Porter Jr., Zion, and, and James Wiseman. Uh, and then we've got the world team. You want to take these names, Beto? Because uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you have them. Nope, I'm going to let you struggle for that one. Pre- Precious Achiua for the Heat. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker from the Pelicans. Denny Avji. I should know these. This is embarrassing. Avija. Yeah. Avija. Avija. You got to know him, Carm. Come on, a, a, a fellow tribesman. Fe- you great. Lo- a fellow tribesman. Love him straight out of Israel. Uh, Adon Olam, Asher <laughs> Malach, Paterim Cole, Yasir Nivra. I got you. Uh, RJ Barrett, Brandon Clark, uh, Rui Hach. How do you say his name on the wizard? Hachimura. Hachimura, right. Theo Maladon. But the bottom line, my point is here, he belongs on this roster, does he not? You telling me that? Yeah, like I said, the stats don't just always jump out because his usage isn't super high. And, like, a lot of times, and tonight he did, but, like, he doesn't always, like, you know, finish games because they put Thad there, too, unless they play two fours with him and Thad. So it just doesn't always stand out. Those other guys get much more touches throughout the game, get more shot attempts up, get more usage. Um, that's I would be shocked if he's not better than two-thirds of those players in two years, at, at least. Well, I agree. I, well, certainly from the world team. The world team does not have as many uh, high-end players, I think, as, as the USA team there. 
Patrick Williams, Keldon Johnson, Patrick Williams, Tyrese Halliburton, Patrick Williams, Anthony Edwards. Patrick. I, think I was going to ask. Let me ask you this: If the re, if they redrafted right now and take out like need for a team, do you think Patrick Williams goes behind Anthony Edwards? Still, I think it's a fair discussion. Probably still goes behind him. Probably still goes behind him. But I I agree with you. There will be some executives that just don't like Edwards. There, that there's something something missing there. I'm sure there's some executives that'll feel that way. From a pure talent standpoint, and what Edwards has the potential of becoming, yeah, you still would probably take Edwards over him. I gotta tell you, I'm the majority, looking, the majority of people would probably take Edwards over. The guy that I'm looking on the on the U.S. team that's the biggest surprise to me, and I thought he was going to suck. And, well, no, that's where you're going. Yes, that's correct. I thought I thought this guy was going to shoot 13, percent and he, <laughs> and and like he, Luke Cornett. What do you mean, like Luke Cornett, right? Uh, <laughs> There's the other A, like we talked about. Yeah, we forgot, we forgot to circle back to him. All right, before we go into the middle, I just, who who are F's on this roster? Because I got I got we got to give some F's out. I, Otto Porter is the number one. F. Otto Porter is yeah. a dead straight. F. I can't stand him. Sixteen. The guy's making twenty-eight million, and he comes up with more fake injuries than anyone in the history of basketball. This guy is 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 incredible. How he how just do you know it's fake. You talk to him. Uh, you is think it like Ferris Bueller style? Is it clammy hands? What's what's wrong with him? What's the what's the latest Otto Porter injury? Right. Nobody even I knows. I forget no. he's on the roster. He, I mean, come on, Otto. <laughs> He's and the last the only time I've the only time I've noticed Otto is when I've seen him in in the off season on videos of just getting drunk. That's the, the, the <laughs> that and hitting a, an occasional jumper. I mean, this guy Beto well, sounds he, like my idol. <laughs> I, I'm giving him an A. <laughs> Otto gets an F, uh, and I'll my other my other Fs. I, I it's I mean Cristiano Felicio, you get an F. I, I don't know what you do, but how, how that ever happened. <laughs> He's getting paid too. This is his last year, finally, right? right? I mean, just straight up. You've now. How do you have you never gotten any better? You have this, <laughs> like, you're dude. You're a big guy. You should at least be. Let's go old school. Here we go. Bull, old school Bulls reference. Can't you be Mike Brown, the Bruiser? Go in there and get some rebounds. What I mean, what the hell? Con- considering that John Paxson is still there, doesn't he now get the F because he brought in Porter and Felicio? Gave him all that money. Doesn't do we have to give John Paxson still enough? The, the the fact that they gave Cristiano Felicio an eight year, thirty two million dollar deal because they just had to pay him in that crazy wild. Everyone was getting paid NBA summer is still that's 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 really that's impressive. Yeah, out of all the things they've done, that might have been the most indicting, and I, there was a lot. I, I, I've got, I've got a D. By the way, I'm giving Daniel Gafford a D. Yeah, I agree. I, I was kind of surprised. I thought he had a couple of good moments, but he, he hasn't. He fell out of the rotation until tonight because Cornell was out. Like he, he, he gets a D because he, he, he can't figure out what to do defensively. How hard is that? Am I missing something here? The dude doesn't. You have no feel for where to place yourself on the basketball court. That's, that's not acceptable. D can I, can I, I can get, I'm jumping. Sorry. I'm jumping in. Cause I, I realized to my like lower, I don't know if you want to gear F, but like, I know he has some good nights, but I don't know if I'm being irrational here, but Denzel Valentine drives me absolutely <laughs> bananas. <laughs> like, he after, doesn't get a D there's though. A place I'm tonight where he I'm dribbled off giving, his leg like four times in the same possession. What? So, is 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 Gafford too? I'm with. I, I like Denzel too. By the way, I'm one. I'm, I'm one of the Denzel people that's still. I no, just, I saw. Am I outnumbered on Denzel, David? You know what? I I thought Denzel was going to be horrible, and he's confident. <laughs> he, you know, he's until Sadoransky came back, he literally was their like second best passer. It was like Young, then Valentine, and then Levine. Those were like their three best passers. And then Sadoransky came back, thank God, and, you know, at least gave us one more person who can pass. But, um, you know, the only other person that's close to an A is probably Temple. 
I was going to say the only yeah, other one that, that, in the, that was a win. in the stratosphere. Garrett Temple, I was going to say that was that was our one A that we left off. Garrett Temple could get an A. I I'm I'm biased on Levine because I just saw him. I'm I'm you know I sit courtside at Northwestern for years now, and I've seen a lot of good players. But Denzel Valentine came into Welsh Ryan and killed them without even lifting a finger. Like I'm like, this guy is like putting in no effort and hitting 40 foot bombs and just like looking at the Wildcats. He like can they, shoot it. Like they were eighth graders. I'm like, this guy's a. I yeah. mean, I. I he, <laughs> he loves He's played defense one time this year, and that was on his own man at the end of the game when he not when he ran into Levine at the end of that game when he shot a three. My my biggest nitpick on him is that I hate his follow through. He does that flick, and he can you hold the follow through one time? Just give me an extended follow through one time, bro. Uh, anyway, we're off the rails. Yeah, That's my bad on Denzel. I'm with you guys on Gafford. Gafford's a D. I'm with you guys on Gafford. Yeah. Gafford is definitely a D. He got a chance to start, and he was a disaster. And the problem with bringing him off the bench is because they bring Thaddeus Young off the bench, Gafford doesn't fit because of where mm-hmm. they want Thaddeus Young to play. And so he, that's the reason why he's not playing, because if Thaddeus Young is out there, Gafford doesn't fit, and then he was just such a disaster as a starter. So now he's kind of kind of a nobody. Right, let, let, let's do the toughest grades here. Wendell, Kobe. I've been evading this. And, avoiding and, this. And, and, and I guess, I mean, marketing, I don't know. Maybe that's easy. I, he's a C, C-, C-. <laughs> Uh, but okay, Wendell and Kobe. What are we giving? I'll let Beto go first here on this one. <laughs> oh no! Let's hear it. Let's go, Thanks, my man. Thanks. So, Wendell. WCJ. I'm going to use that statistic. I know it's like defensive plus my like box must. EP on him is just terrible since he since he come back. I don't know if he's playing out of position, but in the modern league, probably fits more of a five. He gets killed by a lot of a lot of bigs, but I I, I don't know. I, I think offensively, I was looking at his numbers tonight. He's continuing to get better and more efficient offensively. You look at the numbers, and it's like straight improvements, even in his third year. So I don't know. This is a random grade, but maybe so far a C plus. I, like I think it. offensively he's done some good things, but um, defensively he's got some some ways to go. But I think he's, you know, got the ability to do so. I give him credit for dramatically improving the the ability to hit a three point shot. I mean, at the beginning of the season when they were asking <laughs> him to do it, he was lucky if he'd hit the rim, and he's actually, you know, making some of them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll he let's, he, he hit, hit one. He hit one in the corner tonight. I, maybe I'm over. Maybe that one. I'm. I'm. He just isn't shooting enough of them, based on the the fact that, to your point, he was missing a lot of them. Hold at, on. Uh, preseason at the beginning of the year. Wendell. I don't think it's Wendell Carter Jr. He, he okay. So he made the one tonight. He made he made one against Minnesota. He hit one against uh, the Sixers. The dude shot fifty percent the month the month of February from three. Now he didn't shoot any of them. Good, three for six. He was he was two for he was two for he was two for four. But but at the beginning of the year, like in the preseason, all he did was did they there was preseason, wasn't there? Am I or was that the regular season when he's bombing? I think you're right. I think you're right on preseason. Okay, I'm I'm at a C. I'm at a C with Wendell. Billy Donovan, I think if you listen to the press conference of Billy Donovan, you guys can go back and listen to it after the Nuggets game. But Wendell Carter right now is is he he is very uncertain about Wendell uh, as a player. Um, he talked about Wendell's struggles because they asked him about playing at the end of the games and his development, and he said, you know, the problem uh, or him getting beat by all these big guys. And he had to talk about that. And he said, hey, Wendell has given all he's got, but there's no doubt some of these bigger players just play over him. But if you play him at the four, that's why early in the year he's asking to shoot threes. And it's also why the Bulls offense is the way it is. He says, I'm putting Wendell in that position. I have to develop him. I have to develop a part of his game. Because if he can't be a facilitator as a power forward in that kind of spot, similar to what Thaddeus Young does, or hit three-point shots off of pick-and-pops, he's a center. But then he's an undersized center 
that can't play against Embiid and Vucevic and those guys, which ultimately means he's a backup power forward that you can play against other teams' backups. And that's kind of why he's a C. I, I yeah. got I got no problem. C or C plus. And I, I like Wendell. You're a lovely Wendell. I think we all do. There's just uh there's gotta be a next level that he's gonna reach here. It'll be very interesting to see in the offseason uh if if he's part of something that they do in some major trade because we again we're guessing at what the Bulls front office thinks of the players because they don't say a whole lot. And and I think we'll find out a whole lot more after uh, this offseason coming up, which, by the way, we're going into the second half of the season. The Bulls are going to the playoffs, and they're going to win in the first round. Damn it. Okay, I don't believe any part of what I just said there. What's our grade for Kobe White as we get to the end of this podcast? Kobe White, who partly— What's your grade for him? So he drives me partly yeah. crazy, but, like, I like Kobe. Type That's of, your guy. I, I look. He he's going to get the most out of his ability. He hits a lot of very difficult shots. He's certainly not afraid to shoot it at any time. He hits shots in the clutch, and you know, I, I free throw line big moments. I feel like he's going to make them. I just you know he's obviously not a true point guard and probably never will be, but. And and maybe he's never going to be even, you know, hit what Ben Gordon hit when he was actually going well. But I, I got I got no problem with Kobe White on my basketball team. So I, I give him a B. What's the grade? B. I give him a B. I'm at a B minus. Uh, the difference between he and Carter, Carter doesn't even play at the end of games for the most part. So he he rarely costs you games because he's not playing down the stretch of many of them but he also is rarely ever in position to help you win games. Kobe, unfortunately, there's games where he's a disaster. and He, he costs you games sometimes uh, in the fourth quarter or, or different periods where he's just terrible. But there's also games where he hits big shots. Like you said, he can make the free throws. They need him on the court to give them at least another player that can hit some tough shots uh, instead of Zach having to take every one of them. And so because of that, there's been a lot of games, even tonight, you would say Kobe White was impactful in them winning the game. And actually Wendell was too tonight. Wendell got a huge offensive rebound he did. back, and he got a big defensive rebound when they put him out there with about a minute and 15 left in the game. So we need to see more Wendell do that more. Kobe has done that on a more regular basis where he's impacted some some of their wins, and that's why I give Kobe a B-minus and Wendell, I give him an F for, for his effort against the Suns in the fourth quarter, but I still stick with my overall B. Uh, Beto, go ahead. I'm more C-ish around Kobe. I, I, and I don't know if right around Wendell. I, I do. I, I think I said this last week. I, I do like his skill set. Um, like I think he's going to be a good player in the league for for a long time. But I, I don't know. I, I just like at I mean, the Bulls roster needs a lot of things, right? But I think a stabilizing floor general point guard situation I think would help a lot. And he's just he's just not that. I actually feel like I'm curious. I get why they start Kobe for development reasons and getting the most minutes. Um, but I'd be curious to see how that first unit would do with a first unit that usually gets trashed in, at the beginning of games outside of tonight to see what it would be like if Sato started um, and bring Kobe off the bench. Is, I know that Bold. a lot of comps are Lou Williams, Ben Gordon stuff like that and just see how he did um, play him off the ball more or maybe play him with, but um, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's a lot of up and down. I like him, um, but uh, I don't know. I think he's just been too hit or miss to give him any sort of positive, uh, major positive grade. Honorable mentions to Ryan Archie Diacono, Chandler Hutchinson. Hey. <laughs> Adam hey, for the man, but alone. Hutch, Hutchinson Chandler, like yeah, us. for sure. Devin Dotson, Mr. Guarantee at what was that 14 that he was guaranteed that there were 16 that they were going to take him Hutchinson. So we got the Garpax guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. Devin Dotson. Yeah. And Luke Cornett went from an F to a D minus, right? He went from F to D minus. He, he went five for eight in two games, went from an F to a D minus. I, Stacy King was going nuts. I'm like, easy, please don't play well, Luke Cornett. I don't need more Luke Cornett. I'd rather, 
can we talk about? I saw this on Twitter. It reminded me of how Jim Boylan compared him to Robert Ory last year. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. I remember that. Thank you for bringing that up. But that struck in my soul when he said that. Like my soul hurt <laughs> for a full 24 hours when I when I heard him compare Luke Cornett to Robert Ory. Pride of Vanderbilt. Uh, grades for the Bulls post game show. Goff, Will, and, and Kendall. I'm kidding. We won't do that. We love all those guys. They're phenomenal. Uh, great job on NBC Sports Chicago. Gentlemen, we made it to the All-Star break. This was uh, an epic 50-minute podcast today with our first actually scheduled break. I haven't done that at all, so I, I think we all should be proud that uh, we really came together tonight in a, in a strong way to end up the first half of the season. As did the Bulls. As did the Bulls. Which yeah. let's yeah, we'll take it. Let's take some momentum. Both us and the Bulls hanging in the break. We'll refresh and we'll be better for the second half. Sixteen and eighteen, thirty-four games in, seven games back of first place Philly, a half game back of the Toronto Raptors and Miami Heat for the final playoffs, two final playoff spots. Actually three. my bad. Charlotte's also seventeen and eighteen. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a real interesting second half of the season. Uh, thank you, by the way, for everybody for listening to DeWindy City Bulls podcast. We love when you subscribe and or give a rating, and we really appreciate you listening. We look forward to talking to you next week as the second half gets underway. Uh, enjoy your break, and, yeah, go back and, and watch some Bulls basketball just to keep it all fresh in your mind. We'll see you next time. Jerry Krause is right there, and Jerry's not here. Obviously, I don't, you know, I don't know who inv- invited him. I didn't, but uh. this program was recorded on tape for a live audience. He said, "Organization wins championships." I said, "I didn't see organization playing with the flu in Utah." But don't try to put the organization above the players, because at the end of the day, the players still got to go out there and perform. You guys got to pay us, but I still got to go out and play. Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, George Gervin. Now, they say it was a so-called freeze-out in in, in my rookie season. I wouldn't have never guessed, but you guys gave me the motivation to say, you know what, evidently I haven't proved enough to these guys. I got to prove to them that I deserve what I've gotten on this level. And no matter what people may have said, if it was a rumor, I never took it as, as, as truth. But you guys never froze me out because I was just happy to be there, no matter how you look at it. Pat Riley, I mean, you and I, we go way back. I still remember in Hawaii. You remember in Hawaii where you and I, I was coming in, you were, I guess, leaving, and you decided to stay a couple extra days, but you were in my suite, and they came and they told you you had to get out of my suite. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.